Hello and welcome to Watkins Wise Words, a podcast that celebrates conscious, passionate, wise and happy living. Thank you for tuning in and here is your host. So hello and welcome. My name's Steve Nabell and today I'm speaking with Sidra Jaffrey on her book, The Awakening, Principles for Finding the Courage to Change Your Life. Now, Sidra is an intuitive healer, medium, and the uh, creator of the awakening process. And really, the, the whole uh, this whole thing came about because of the trauma of leaving her arranged marriage, which inspired her to develop these principles of awakening, which she's going to go into in the interview itself. She now runs events around the world, inspiring people to shift through their core issues that block them in areas such as wealth, relationships, and well-being. And her website is sidrajaffreylive.com. So, Sidra, hello again. Hello there. Um, so, Sidra, look, I've got your book here, and um, I just want to ask you, what what is the awakening? Why do we need it? Um, awakening, to be honest, is a part of an evolution, and we don't need it. It's a it's something that we all experience at at one one time or the other in our lives. And for me personally, the signs of awakening are when life stops working. That's when people experience awakening uh, to find a new way of of being that's what awakening is okay and what and do you think most people in the world are kind of not particularly aw- awakened um i feel most people are experiencing signs or of awakening for example their jobs maybe not working or um divorce happening or loved one dying or bankruptcy so these are all signs of awakening but most people are not seeing the signs and and using them to get awake. That's what I would say. Is it mostly through kind of pain and challenge that we grow, do you think? Or can we also grow through, you know, having a good time and um, being in the flow of joy type of thing? I feel once you once you recognize that you don't have to go uh, grow through pain and challenge, then you can embrace growing through joy and laughter and fun and flow. Yeah. But awareness of that of awareness of that is required on your book you talk a lot about like um the illusion of separation can you can you tell me about what is this illusion of separation so the the illusion of separation gets created once we decide to acquire a body and and divide ourselves from our higher selves or from the source to to be a part of source in a different body which creates an illusion of separation which which a belief that says that i am not source or i am not um great good enough to be light so i have to acquire a body that's what illusion of separation means that um the, the sense of isolation and abandonment from god or the source okay you know the, the word god i suppose is quite a loaded one but how, how do you kind of interpret that word for me personally, I, I I use the word God um in not in any religious context but to um but to refer to that creative the creative divine force or spirit that moves within all things. And it's it's the terminology which is usually recognized as something which is outside of us. Yeah. That's what I I mean when I say the word God is the, the source. Now, I guess if we're really connected, then there'll be an, an absence of uh, fear, which is quite endemic on the planet at the moment, isn't it? Yes, one hundred percent. On the but on the say, on the other hand, I feel that that is the part of the game. That is why we 
have that illusion of separation, which is I feel is perfect as well. We need to have the illusion of separation to experience all the human emotions of fear and anger and rejection and and hurt, so that we can once we dissolve the the veil of amnesia, we can find the truth, the connection, the love, the faith, all within us. Um, but because this is the only place planet earth where we experience duality so i feel steve that it's all happening in perfection even our fears are perfect we are meant to experience fear so we can experience the contrast of it yeah now i know a lot of your work is about clearing fear and also clearing uh, blocking karmic patterns or challenges can you say something about that work Yes, karmic challenges is uh, firstly karma. I feel most familiar, most people are familiar with the word karma anyway. But karma is um, law of cause and effect, where whatever goes around comes around. And a lot of us are stuck in the karmic patterns, which means that we have created something somewhere, maybe in our past life or maybe in our past in this life, which we have no conscious awareness around. And now we're stuck in some sort of challenges, maybe financial challenge or relationship challenge or even health challenge. So what I do is as an awakening facilitator, I help them see where this karmic lock is coming from and teach them how to balance their karma so they don't have to live through the agony well some people i mean more religious context i think have looked at karma as almost like a divine retribution or punishment you know if you've killed someone then you will be killed as a kind of balancing out i mean that's not the way you see karma is it no i see karma as a as an energy it's like a boomerang no, you, you send the boomerang out of action. It could be great action. It could be kindness karma. So you send karma, karma of, of, of kindness out, you receive it back as well. So karma doesn't just mean punishment or, as you said, a retribution of your action in a, in a negative connotation. It also means that karma is whatever you uh, saw you reap. Well, let's say, you know, somebody's had some uh, very challenging lifetimes where they've done some unpleasant things, you know, and here in, in this lifetime, they're kind of waking up and go, well, you know what, I don't really want to, to have my whole life of suffering. Is there ways of dissolving that without somebody having to go through years of agony? Yeah, 100%, because, the you know, our, our quantum physics suggests that the act of observing an event changes the the result of it, which means that the second you become aware of your karmic creation from not only in this lifetime or any other lifetime you don't have to live through that you can acknowledge yourself as that person and experience forgiveness so you can balance it out through forgiveness um, which means that you don't longer have to live it so it could be done very quickly then it could be done like acceleratedly quickly (laughs) okay brilliant so, you know, if somebody's clearing all these blocks, does that mean automatically their life gets easier and more in a flow? I feel life gets easier um, in the context of recognition or awareness when you recognize your own patterns, your own thoughts. So it's easier to address um, as awareness is the key when what you don't know usually gets you killed. You know, so a lot of hurt, a lot of trauma and a lot of stuckness is because of the unknown, because we don't know what's truly happening. I know in, in the book you say um, these principles of awakening can help you make peace with the past, live fully in the present and discover your purpose, which I guess purpose is about the future, isn't it? 100%. Knowing why you chose or why you decided to pick this body. Uh, do you think we're all here for a purpose? I mean, some of those purposes may well be 
very grand and some may be less grand, I suppose. Funny thing is, Steve, I believe we all have the exact same purpose. Really? What's that? It's to experience life. Mm. So, and the way we experience life could be could be different. Like you said, um, in different contexts, you said maybe some pers- people have grand purpose and some people have um, ordinary purpose. But the truth is we all have the exact same purpose, which is to experience this life. Now, how we choose to experience this life could be different. Like someone who could choose to experience this life by becoming the prime minister or president or next guru or next Steve Jobs or whoever they are, or the other person could decide to experience it as a mother or as a father, or as a son or or as the best friend or whoever, whatever experience they choose to um, acquire. That's what our ultimate purpose is, to experience life. And I would add it to better, to leave this plane better than we found it. Know, that's our core purpose. To exp- by experience, we we raise the consciousness of this planet. Do you think that people uh, resist their core purpose and their core gifts? Have you, have you ever experienced that? Yes, one hundred percent. Especially those who are in the healing business or in, in, or have a service incarnation. It's a very common pattern with those of us who are healers and psychics and mediums or gifted people um, the reason why we reject perceptively our core gifts is because of our past life a lot of us have taken a vow of of spirituality or uh, we've been peace priests or monk in our past life where we said i will you know i will never shine so that somebody else will feel uncomfortable or even some of us have created misuse of power or abuse of power which which keeps us away from power because the cellular memory suggests don't get too powerful, don't reclaim your gift because last time you abused it or last time you were killed for it. So it's it, and and what changes that is the awareness of it. So when you transcend the limitation of this lifetime and you start seeing your energy as a universal line, then you'll be able to make sense of a lot of of your challenges, talents, and goals in this lifetime. Well, Sidra, let me ask you about the nine principles. You've got the acronym AWAKENING, and the first one, A, is ask quality questions. Why is it important? Are we ask, I guess this is asking ourselves these questions, is it? 100% it's asking ourselves and asking other people because it is said that the quality of our life is determined by the quality of questions. And the, the beauty of questions is that it is in alignment with the with how our minds function is it's to find answer our mind's job is to find answers because it's meaning making machine and the question it hooks the mind it all starts with the question i think christopher columbus when he discovered america or uh, the guy who discovered i think it was newton the the law of gravity they started with a question when the apple fell they said i wonder why it fell and not went up and it was a, it was a question or Christopher Columbus said oh I wonder what is on the other side and is the curiosity that led to great discoveries I guess there are some questions that can actually kind of have us spiraling downwards you know why am I so why does nothing always work why does nothing work out type of question you know that yeah exactly it is said the the reasons versus results question so the results questions are empowering questions that lead you to a to a better um, life and the re- reason-based questions will lead you into a downhill spiral of why me? Why does this always happen to me? Why you know, this this world is against me? And they will only give you reasons of why things are not working for you. And again, I will bring awareness in this context and become aware of the questions you're asking and change the questions because they say if 
War is the answer. You're asking the wrong question. So W, the second letter in awakening, is work on you. Yes. Work on you suggests that we are all, I think C.S. Lewis said it as well, that we're all spiritual beings having a human experience, which means that if, if it was our job to make somebody else's happy, we would be in their bodies. So we're always here working on ourselves and everybody who has a body is working on them. How do you define the word work? Is it kind of like um, it, you mean really inner work, like fi- uncovering belief systems and uh, motivations, that kind of thing? Yeah, work on you means be and become an observer of your own life and start watching you um, and acknowledging if if somebody's calling you selfish, then knowing that um, they are not calling you selfish by calling you selfish. Actually, they are being selfish. Right. You no, know? and and just. Putting, keeping things in perspective. Work on you doesn't mean you're consistently, you know, looking in. Um, you need you need some work on yourself. Work on you means that you're always, no matter what you do, you're always working on you. Yeah, I suppose working on you can also include um, sp- space and silence, couldn't it? One hundred percent. Yeah, brilliant. So the next one is A for awareness is the key. Mm, awareness is the key. We say that whatever your life is reflecting to you right now is a result of what you know or what you are aware of. If you want to expand your life, you have to expand your awareness. So if, if judgments we make on, a, on, our, on our event is based on what we know, if your partner doesn't call you and you get upset of him not calling you and made a decision that he doesn't love you, it's because of your awareness. But if you, if you, if you are becoming aware that, or the partner was busy or got stuck or had an accident or, or something happened, then your reaction will change based on your awareness. And I guess awareness impacts our perception, doesn't it? If we 100%. shift our awareness, yeah. So the next one is knowing versus owning. Yes. Knowing versus owning suggests that um, the, mo- the three most dangerous words that we can say to ourselves and anybody else is, I know that. Yeah. And the second you say, I know that, you're, you're putting a cap on your learnings. And the, the bridge, what awakening principle does, it, it, the bridge is from the difference between knowing the path and living the path or owning the path. And the more you own the path of the awakening, when you, when you are working on yourself, when you're asking quality questions and living the, the things that you preach, life becomes different. Yeah, I know from sitting organizing lots of um, uh, events around the kind of mind, body, spirit uh, arena that a lot of people would come back over and over again. But I wondered how, you know, just by absorbing the information didn't necessarily mean their life would change. They're living it. It's like, you know, most of us are looking to develop our shelves versus ourselves. <laughs> it's shelf development versus self development. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually doing a Kindle development at the moment. So. Amazing. <laughs> Um, the next one, E, energy is everything. Mm, energy is everything. This is the core of my the, the process which I developed called Access Body Consciousness, which, which is a tool shared in the book that clears most of your relationship challenges, beliefs, and judgments. This principle serves a foundation of that tool and all of life and what our friend Einstein validated as well, that E is equals to MC squared. Everything we perceive, everything we see, everything we hear is nothing more than energy decoded in, in, in some form that we even classify as solid, liquid 
or air. I mean, even uh, some of these, um, you know, I guess a, a dream would have a certain energy, wouldn't it? You know, if you want to, if you want to create a new business, that's got a certain en- energy, and we might have to lift our energy to achieve that. I guess in some way. Exactly. So, it, it, which is why sometimes when people say that, um, um, especially after the the success of law of attraction, where people thought that they get what you attract, what they attract. So if they they're dreaming of a great yacht and a great car and the great partner and nothing is happening, the reason why it's not happening is because of the law of vibration, which is energy. That in order to uh, to allow those things in their reality, they have to be in that vibrational frequency. In other words, that energetic um, code for them to experience that. And once people actually get this principle, they will get life. They will be able to master the the emotions, which are technically just energy in motion. Yeah, I think this one's very important. Like, for mm. example, if I if I want to experience love in my life, I need to be loved, don't I? One hundred percent. That's I mean that's so that's so uh, key really for any quality, whether it's joy or miracle consciousness. We have to be it first before we see it. I mean, the next one, I, I mean, I think it's so crucial for us in the West because it's N for no judgment. But we're trained to be judgmental, aren't we? Through the media, through our, tra- our education. It's a, a religion. A religion, yeah. It's a law. It's a challenge. 100%. It's a, it's a, I, I, it's, it's a divine dichotomy. This, this principle is a divine dichotomy where the thing is that you can't, in order to operate on this plane, you can't not judge. Even mm. if we're... If you if we say, wow, what an amazing interview, we are judging this interview as being amazing. So the key to activate this principle is to use discernment where judgment is not serving us and making us feel horrible and sad and bad or disappointment. Then we move from judgment and into neutrality of saying, wow, that's interesting, that's fascinating. I wonder what that means. But the second you put a meaning into it, you lock it. Yeah. And I, when the yeah. meaning serves you of amazing, exciting, divine, then you judge it. I guess this is the quality of innocence and humility, isn't it, that comes in here? Yes, yes, 100%. The next one, I, it takes one to see one. That's a very curious one, isn't it? It's a very curious one. It's, and it's one of the most challenging ones to live because society, the illusion of separation, the ego, the pride says, I'm not you. I'm not as bad as you. I'm not as, as this, this horrible person as you. But what this principle says that you can only see who you are, even if it's good or bad. How do you know if the person has a heart of gold unless you haven't experienced the heart of gold? Or how do you know the person is horrible unless you haven't experienced that horribleness? Yeah, I guess so, is that that saying? If you spot it, you've got it, isn't it? It's another 100%. way of saying it. If yeah. you spot it, you got it. And life is is a mirror. It's a house of mirrors. Yeah, I find that's a really good one. You know, uh, so if, for somebody who's attracting a lot of angry people but themselves can't understand it, then anger is something that's been being presented to work on, isn't it? One hundred percent. So, and nothing is missing. Now, that's a great one because we're always. Um, I guess in America it might be even worse than Britain, but we're always, there's something missing. We've got to be more. We've got to go to the gym more. We've got to, you know, have another better looking girlfriend or a bigger car or, you know, all that. Yes, 100%. And what, what I love about this principles is, principle is that this doesn't, dist- this principle doesn't distract you from being inspired and aspiring. What this principle suggests that even your desire to make things perfect is perfect. 
you know even you feeling that something is missing is nothing is missing and everything is perfect so don't if this this principle dissolves all the self criticism self judgment self condescending recognizing that you are where you are and you are who you are and it's okay to feel whatever you're feeling yeah especially in the spiritual realm people have been chasing enlightenment haven't they but that's there's no, that even that's not missing the buddha said the the buddha nature is always within you 100% and there's nothing to achieve mm. there's nothing to work on and if you do um work on that's perfect too i feel when i hear that i can just relax and go all oh, right then i can just go and have a cup of tea now i don't have yeah. to work so hard and just chill yeah <laughs> i like that one sidra the last one g growth is inevitable really is there nothing we can do to block it do you think or even if well, we, do, we can it... delay it we can delay it yeah. but we can't stop it but you can't stop from from a, a seed turning into a plant you know, eventually through a circle of life, for example, if it misses in this lifetime, a seed is pecked by a hen and has gone into its stomach, then through circle of, because everything is energy, energy cannot be destroyed, it changes form. So through recycling process and circle of life, it will come back as a seed and come back again until it turns into a plant. Yeah, so we'll get it eventually. So you We, know, we do get it eventually. Yeah. We can't. We we can't stop it. We can delay it or resist it. One of my friends says, "You can either go kicking or screaming, or you can let go and go. Let go and grow." Well, they're the nine principles, awakening principles. Now, I know, Sidra, you you got a lot of you, you you're doing seminars as well, and uh, you got your own work. Can you just say a little bit about what you're doing in the world at the moment? Yes, I have my signature course called the Awakening, um, which is based on the book, and it's in London. It's a it's a free event one day event in london the next one is coming up on the 5th of september um, people can find out the details on the website and one thing which i'm really passionate about is healing thursday so every thursday at 7 30 p.m uk time we i i host a webinar where anybody can join in from any part of the world and we all grow together as light workers as healers and work on ourselves because i believe that personal transformation equals global transformation if you want to change the world it starts from within so every thursday we come together and we clear relationship challenges health challenges wealth challenges i do live demonstrations processes and then we do a major group process so people are welcome to join and find that um, the detail on my website which is sudrajaffrey well, Sidra, I've really enjoyed chatting with you and uh, your book looks great. It's published by Watkins. Um, all yes. the best with it and I hope to catch up with you soon. Thank you very much, Steve, for having me. Like what you've heard? Be part of our community by visiting watkinspublishing.com, following us on Twitter at Watkins Wisdom or liking us on Facebook. Facebook.